from electrical engineer and rising leader at a Fortune 100 company to a coach, speaker, and author. Barnoosh Brock shares her journey on how having the serving mindset has translated into increased sales. My favorite thing that she said, and I'm paraphrasing, feelings are the drivers of everything. You can only ignore those deep feelings of I'm not happy for so long before they become a mild depression and then a deeper depression. It wasn't until I started my own business that I found excitement. Stay tuned for her inspiring story. Welcome to the Power of Investing in People podcast. And today, my guest is the amazing Farnoosh Brock. Welcome to the show, Farnoosh. Thank you, Shay. I'm really excited to be on your show. Thanks for having me. Thank you. And I got to give a shout out to our friend, um, Joe Bogdan, for introducing us. I'm so happy he did. We're right up on the same alley. So, (laughs) yeah, love it. Right. So for those of you who don't know, Farnoosh Brock went from electrical engineer and rising leader at a Fortune 100 company to a coach, speaker, author, and trainer in 2011 when she started her coaching and consulting company. She believes that changing our conversations from selling to serving can be a competitive advantage in business, career, and life. And yes, I have to agree. So I can't wait to dive into this. Good. <laughs> In addition to her book, The Serving Mindset, Stop Selling and Grow Your Business, she is the creator of several leadership and advancement courses. You can learn more at farnooshbrock.com. So Farnoosh, it's, it's always the premise of our conversation. So I'm just going to start off with the first question of what does investing in people mean to you? Thank you. And, um, and I love that that is, um, that is your theme and uh, we are already aligned. Um, so investing in people, I mean, I think of it as building relationships and nurturing those relationships over time, as opposed to just making the relationship and then moving on to the other one, which is fine, but remembering to nurture the relationships to help to be of service whenever we can. And, um, and, and I, you know, and I like to think of that as my definition of investing in people. Um, I like to think of the, you know, this scenario we're in the pandemic as a great example of how you exercise that because Mm. there's so much opportunity to go back and invest in the relationships that you have, in the people that you care about, in the people that if you're in business that you have worked with. And I can get into more examples of how to do that if that's relevant to our conversation. But it's a great time to do that because it um, it kind of removes the spotlight from yourself and your woes and worries because giving and being of service can help us feel on purpose, valuable. We're doing our part. And so I think it's actually a great theme, your, your, your podcast, for what we're going through right now. So mm-hmm. I am particularly excited about the work you're doing. But I hope that answers the question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. And thank you so much. I am... Definitely, like I said, we're definitely aligned. Um, Being of service was something that really appealed to me, not only as a child, but especially in this pandemic, like you said, 
Uh, I'm also a coach and a speaker and an author and really just put out there on Facebook lives and, and um, uh, my podcast and other things that I was doing of really about how can I help you? How can I serve? Do you need someone to talk to? Just reach out to me because we're like, we're all, this is such an interesting, difficult time for everyone, even though we might not be in the same boat, so to speak, we're all experiencing it in a, in a way that is, can be detrimental to our health, right? Yes, yes. All of us are experiencing. Nobody is excused. It's just how you're going through it. And it's fascinating how each of us react very differently. You know, like I have noticed the different fears and anxieties that come out and we all respond very differently because we are translating the situation in our own way through our own experiences and past experiences all combined. And so, yes, we need to be there for each other in any capacity. And you can get so creative as well. I know that as a coach, we have unique opportunities, I like to think, to connect with people, to mm-hmm. be of service, to get them to have a different mindset about how they are seeing their own situation so they can be a leader. Mm-hmm. You know, like um, when March, uh, when the news broke and we were like, OK, this is happening. Um, the first two weeks were really hard for me because sure. I grew up in actually a revolution and a war. Mm-hmm. And I thought that was all neatly behind me, closed doors. And, you know, I was having all these, you know, fears of, oh, my God, is it the same thing? Mm-hmm. But it's not. But then once I got my act together and stopped feeling sorry for myself, I decided, OK, Now that I'm going to be a leader, I want to talk about this idea of leadership during a crisis for everyone. Yeah. So, you know, Mm -hmm. so I put together a a training webinar, Shay, and I started to offering it to everyone in my circle, you know, whatever happens. And the response was unbelievable. Mm -hmm. In fact, Joe Bogdan, our friend um, at the U.S. Air Force, this is my second time delivering to the U.S. Air Force this Thursday the same webinar. And that's one example of how going back to your question, investing in people. Mm -hmm. And these are some people that I know in my circle, but then they brought me to present to people that I don't know in their teams, organizations, associations. Mm -hmm. And I was doing this on a completely pro bono basis. But then on the other side, it has opened these unseen opportunities for me, (laughs) which is really how serving works. Right. Yes. So, um, so yeah, just, um, if we want to delve deeper into that, we can, but yeah. Uh, definitely. And that's kind of how we connect Joe and I connected, we connected mm-hmm. on LinkedIn and he was saying how he was going to start this podcast. And I was like, Oh, if, if you need help, let me know. And I ended up just, you know, giving him whatever, uh, ideas or pointers or information, whatever I could. Sure. And he was like, Oh my gosh. And that's the same thing. We um, just opened up doors. You never know. I also, I also did a training for the leaders in the air force as well. Oh, and it just really shifts when you come from a place of service, yes. your whole perspective shifts. Yes. And I know that um, one of the things you talk about is beginner's mindset, which is completely um such a refreshing way to look at it. And I think some people it's going to be Mm -hmm. a new concept. Mm -hmm. So please explain that for those of uh, the listeners who don't understand what a beginner's mindset is. So, um, you know how when you are beginning something, be it Mm -hmm. anything, um, let's say you're just starting martial arts, right? 
you know nothing. Maybe you've done some research. In theory, you know something, but your body knows nothing. Right. So if you're going into it, you're excited, you want to do it, you're open. You're open to receiving. Yes. You are. You don't have those judgment calls. You don't have those... Um, uh, what are the words like you're, you're not being discriminating of anything because you trust someone to share with you. This is how it's going to be. So the beginner's mind is extremely powerful. Mm-hmm. However, um, we, we don't have that by default. Like right. we come with all of our experiences and our, um, you know, our, our experiences shape our perspective. Mm-hmm. And so you need to be able to undo that and really work the muscle in your mind that says, I am open to a new way of thinking. Yes. Or at least being curious enough to receive ideas, even if you're going to filter them, just to receive new ideas that are different from the way you've always been thinking. Mm-hmm. So that is a stepping into a beginner's mind. You know, at first, when you're starting something new, it's natural, but now, and effortless. But over Mm -hmm. here, when, let's say, selling, for instance, I talk about selling for businesses and uh, entrepreneurs, that's not new. You Mm -hmm. have your experience with it. You have your ideas. You have your opinions. And you might be holding on to them very firmly because that's what's true for you. Right. And so... For me to say, well, but it could be different means that am I disagreeing with you? Am I telling you you're wrong? No, it just means that was your experience over here. But perhaps if you think differently, you might be able to have a different experience and therefore create different outcomes. Mm. And it's yes, it is a lot harder said than done. But I first of all, I, 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 I don't know why people say that because who's interested in things being easy? We're doing hard things every, every day. day. Yes. We're going through a pandemic right now. Yes. But let's say that aside, I walk my talk. Mm-hmm. So this isn't theory for me. I have kicked and screamed trying to hold on to my beliefs because it was so important for me to be right. Mm-hmm. But then I'm like, what am I doing? This isn't working and right. I'm sick of it. And so I'm open to trying something new, even though it's so counterintuitive to me. And that is how I changed my entire business and my results by changing the way I approached my prospects, my business goals, my coaching, my own worth and value that I bring, and the way that I approach the whole sales process to achieve those results whether we create outcomes today or not, whether clients say yes today or not yet. So that shift, it requires a beginner's mindset, but it's the most powerful shift because you're not doing anything. You're just thinking differently first. And once you do that, you come from a different place at everything that you do. And of course, it's going to change your decisions and your actions as well. Mm -hmm. So it's this internal shift And if you are really resistant, well, that's where you are. And you're still very attached to your opinions. That's fine. That's not what the serving mindset is. It's not for you right now. That's okay. But if you are fed up with the way you are going about your business, achieving results, and you are ready for anything else, then you might be open to at least exploring this other way of approaching your business results. And perhaps you will experience new outcomes if you really embrace it. 
So I'm over here. I know y'all can't see me, but I am over here, nodding my head. I have the biggest smile on my face. She is. (laughs) I I am saying amen, amen, amen in my head. And it is so spot on, so spot on. So I love that you really talk about that shift because it is, to me, it's letting go of the attachment to the outcome. Yes. Right. And I, yeah. And I just say, I walk through it with curious exploration. So I have no idea why this door is open, but I'm going to walk through it and see Mm -hmm. what happens because, Mm -hmm. and I think that's how sales really are is it's a conversation. So let's have that conversation. And Hey, if you buy it for me at the end, great. And if you don't, great. I've made Mm -hmm. another connection. You have no idea that that person might be able to Mm -hmm. refer you to, you know, 15 other people. You have no idea. And that's true. That's what I think people forget is that they're looking at the the front and center of oh I have to sell something and the and the truth is, is yes. they don't right they yes. don't have to sell anything they just have to be open to the possibility of wherever that connection goes yes and you know let's let's put ourselves in the shoes of your prospect your prospective client right yeah. when you approach from that place of I have to sell. I have to close. Of course, you're not going to verbalize that. But trust me when I tell you that energy comes across. Yes. And how do you feel? Say you're about to hire, I don't know, a a designer, an interior designer, and you feel that they are desperate for you to say yes to them. Mm -hmm. I think it's creepy and, and a turnoff when you are obviously in need of my business as opposed to exploring with me. But I do want at some point, if it's okay with you, Shay, to explore the other side because sometimes serving gets taken out of context and people are like, well, it's all great to be of service and be nice, but I run a business here. I have revenue Mm -hmm. to make. Mm -hmm. And and the but already tells me they believe serving and and closing a sale are mutually exclusive. Right. Aren't. Right. Because. You know, I have like more than quadrupled my coaching business once I started serving and charging a lot more appropriately, which means a lot more than I was charging and bringing on board clients that are more than happy to pay fees that were impossible for me to imagine when I started my business and I was approaching it from a, I have to close this, I have to close this. Yes. So serving does lead to a lot of profit, but you have to know This is when the skill comes in. You have to have some skills around navigating that conversation Mm -hmm. to know when to figure out whether there is opportunity for us to work together or would you like to hear what it would look like for me to help you to work together. And those are the phrases that are missing because if you just do the whole thing organically and just not really put your offers or how you can help on the table, then you're not serving yourself or them So there is some work around that, but the idea is that not only do you serve, but you also close business. Absolutely. And it is not, like you said, it is not an exclusive. It is an and, it is not an or. And so I love, love, love that you say that it is um, serving and closing the business. Absolutely. Yes. Yes. Um, And you said something in there that I wanted to dive into. Now it's gone. So, so, yes. And gosh, so many, so many things. I'm just, my head is swirling with all these nuggets that you talked about. So you talked about, give me some more skills that um, they need in order to like those questions that you asked, 
you know, how can I support you? What does this look like going forward? You know, what is, what is something else that someone can take away with them? So, um, and and this is a big topic. Let's see what we can explore with that. So we're talking about prospecting conversations, right? Someone expresses interest in your services somehow or another. Hopefully you have a process where you set up a conversation. Do not try to do this via email or text, please. Right. Get on the phone. I do video calls because yes. I want people to see me. Yes. So we're in a conversation. That conversation needs a framework starting with the right setup. In fact, let me give you the mindset for that conversation. Even though you want to be listening and receiving, you as the person who is at the end possibly the you know, offering services, you are leading that conversation. You're not being led by your prospect. Uh Uh-uh. You are leading the direction of that conversation, which makes it, which necessitates the setup up front. And what do I mean by that? When we get into a conversation after the niceties, where do you live? How are you doing? How did we meet? I say, okay, if it's okay with you, Shay, I would like to share with you how I approach my conversations. So, and of course they say, okay. And then I share how I do it, which is I spend five minutes telling them about myself and what I, who I do my best work with. And by the way, you're all welcome to steal my phrases <laughs> and use them for good use. And, and then I'm, we're going to spend the majority of time on you. I am going to ask you some questions beyond what you shared on your application to learn more about you, your challenges, your desires, your goals, your dreams. And along the way, if it's okay with you, I might give you some coaching because I want you to walk away from this conversation with a lot of value. Mm -hmm. And of course, they say it's okay. And I say, as we go through the conversation, I'll know whether I'm able to help you. We'll see whether there is good energy and resonance. You're welcome to ask me all your questions. And if I see fit that I can help you, I will propose ways that we can work together. I'll offer you some options. How does that sound, Shay? Absolutely. I love it. So I'm leading, but yes. of course it's all about you. Now, when I say, when I put that setup up front, it helps me bring the prospect back. If they're like talking about things that are not relevant to what we need mm-hmm. right now, Absolutely. in the interest of time to respect your time and mine, let's get back to the conversation at hand. Some phrases like that. And so you ask your questions and I'm sure you all have great questions, open-ended questions, getting down to the challenge, the real issues they're having. And you give them some uh, some advice if you like. Um, it's hard to solve a problem. Don't try to solve it. Perhaps give them some insights. Perhaps share a story where a similar client had something, um, you know, that was, uh, you know, the same issue. And then at some point, and I set aside an hour, sometimes hour and a half with these conversations. Um, And sometimes it's two conversations. But at some point I say, okay, Shay, so thank you for sharing what you've shared with me. I've enjoyed learning about you. Thank you for the trust. And I hope I've shared some insights with you that are helpful. Um, Tell me, um, how do you feel about me helping you further? I am highly confident I can help you with these issues you just shared with me. Mm-hmm. And either they have more questions at this point. Now, I wouldn't ask this question if I don't feel that mutual energy. Yes. You yes. know, if yes. they're like, eh, eh. And I've done it and I've regretted it because I'm like, I know now we're just saying it to be polite. Mm-hmm. So sometimes I have even not followed my deep intuition. But um, normally when I ask that, they are ready to go further and they're like, yeah. 
I feel like you could help me. Like, great. Would you like to know what that, what it would look like if we were to work together? And this is so important, this pivot in the conversation, because it tells you, I am glad we shared this time. I'm happy to have helped you. I offer this in a professional capacity. Would you like to hear more? Right? It's very clear. I'm clear about my role, my value, what I do, how much I charge when we get to that. You are going to be clear if you're not clear at this point. And if you're not interested, I'm not going to move forward. Now, I've never had anyone say they're not interested at this point, mm-hmm. you know, but again, you have to make sure you arrive here and what you do up here is also going to speak to how good you are at your job. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's a given. I don't even want to go there. If you're not really, really good at what you do, mm-hmm. then it's going to make it hard for people to feel confident, move forward. And of course, for you to justify what you're charging. So everything is relevant, but let's say you are pretty good. You didn't start your business yesterday. You have helped people achieve results. You're good at what you do. So, and then when I say what it would look like for us to work together, I am telling them about how my program works, the program I'm going to recommend to them. And um, I normally like to give them one, maybe two options. So, so after that, and then I will say, And this is how the program works. This is how access to me works. And by the way, I don't charge by the hour. That's a whole other conversation we can have. Or we could delve deeper into it. But I give them my packages. And then I will say, and the investment for this package is X. Don't say the cost, the fee. It's an investment, please. Yes. Yes. How would you like to proceed? Okay. Yes. So those are some phrases that I gave you, and there is a lot more, but those are some of the key ones that I always use. And then we are going to explore, and this conversation can go many different directions. Um, You need to now explore objections, right, which are natural. Well, um, you know, any questions they might have or things they might need to do, think about it, Um, talk to their spouse, Um, um, I don't know, figure out their finances. Understand the ROI. Mm -hmm. You know, I challenge my clients, my prospective clients, to think about how they can quickly pay off the coaching Mm -hmm. because I am helping them pay off this investment. If it doesn't make sense for them to make this investment and hope it pays off, you know, then it's not the best decision for them. And I'm here to make the best decision for them. You know, and if I feel by the same token, highly confident, this investment is going to pay off. Like I just talked to someone who is going two levels up. She's a senior manager at her current company. She's applying for a VP position. Nice. And I happen to know she's actually able to make this work, even though she doesn't meet all the requirements. She's actually done the job in different capacities. Hmm. But I think even if I don't, you know, get her the salary, the VP salary standard, I mean, she will pay the coaching off in no time. So something like that, I'm happy to share that. This is how you pay off the investment. And then the ROI for the investment, I break that into two categories. You know, there's the tangible and intangible. And both of them are worth money. Yes. But the tangible is easier for people to digest. And the intangible comes after they have experienced working with you when they say, Oh my God, it was worth every penny. I walk into a room. I'm confident I've got this, you know? 
So some ideas on that and always, always end with an agreement on next steps. Mm, absolutely. Right. Yeah. Um, so you would like a few days for your decision, Shay. That's great. I totally understand. Um, tell me, when would you like for us to reconnect? Shall we pencil a follow up call for next Tuesday at five or shall we pull out our calendars and do that? And um, and that gives you permission to follow up if you don't hear and not feel awkward about it. Mm-hmm. Oh, I'm just following up with you. I mean, don't you hate getting those emails? Like it's, we can use more powerful language and this agreement you've set up up front gives you permission to say, yes. we were going to touch base today. Have you arrived at your decision? So on and so forth. Yeah. Oh, wonderful. So, so I do remember what I wanted to touch on because you said the word again. So I, I just want to circle back to that because it is so powerful when you are having a conversation with a prospective client that I, I think a lot of people are missing. And it is the word energy. Hmm. And you talked about feeling it. Are you feeling? What are you feeling? How are they feeling? You know, you're checking in not only with yourself, but with that other person. And I think this is extremely crucial that people miss. Yes. So can you really talk about how, how it looks, how it feels when you're sharing a, uh, energy that's in going in the same direction? Yes. Yes. And I do want to, to say that, um, people are different in that uh, we are all different. So I know that for instance, Shay and I are probably the enthusiastic types. We're like, you know, we could get into it. We talk about how we feel. Now that is not always the same for say somebody who's more methodical, like my brother's steady, Eddie, even logical, analytical. However, keep that in mind, right? People are not going to react the same way as you. However, when you keep that in mind, and I do this whole other training around something called DISC, which Mm -hmm. has been like a transformation for me to make sure I understand those differences. But let's say we come into the conversation and you tell yourself, okay, this person is really dominant or this person is really quiet. Keep that in mind. But at the same time, And it helps to adapt a little bit to that style if need be. But at the same time, in their worldview, do you feel an energy? For instance, um, let me make it a more tangible with um, examples. If somebody is like, you know, me, they are emotional. And I'm proud of being emotional, but I can adapt it as need be. Emotional. They say they're enthusiastic. They're passionate about this. They want to connect on a personal level before they do business. That's very important to me. Mm-hmm. They want to feel good about the person. They want to be liked by the other person. I want to be liked. I want to be recognized for my accomplishments. And so if I'm feeling that energy, And by the same token, if that's your prospect, if you're giving that energy and you're feeling it, they will, they will say things that will make you feel you get them. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, you, you, you know what I mean? Or, um, and if you're doing video facial expressions, eye contact, the energy that comes through their eyes, um, body language, you know, if somebody's closing up or they're really like crossing their fingers or pulling back or becoming more reserved, they are probably feeling some skepticism Mm. and all of this is okay. You need to explore that, but the natural fit, sometimes it's there. For instance, um, there's a woman, one of my newest clients, she had, I'd never heard of her. She was completely new. She bought my green juicing book 
2013, she was cleaning out her basement. She pulls the back cover. She's like, oh, she's a coach. I should look her up. She goes on and signs my application. I'm like, I don't know who she is, but of course I'm going to talk to her. She went through the application and it looked like something I can help her with. She felt this unbelievable energy. She believed the universe has brought us together. Mm. And and she and it was a stretch for her, but she's like, you are my coach. We are going to work together. And um, she signed on. Mm. One conversation. Now, sometimes it goes like that. Other times, I just don't want you to be remiss, but I do want you to watch the energy. So it's a balance. In other words, don't be quick to dismiss people who are not like you. Yes. But also, if in your gut you're getting this, oh, I don't know, or I don't think I'm the right person for this person, maybe explore a little further and see what comes like I have other questions I ask or I suggest a follow-up conversation to get to know someone better before I propose because I'm not sure, but I also don't want to jump into a conclusion quickly, which is one of my faults. I know I've done that. So I know I'm giving you a loaded answer and a lot of criteria and conditions, but it's complex. It is, yes. You know, but if you are feeling a real strong aversion to whatever, and you don't always have to explain to yourself, then be willing to give this person a resource or a reference to someone else. Mm-hmm. Happy to have met you. Perhaps we can stay in touch. I just don't feel this is the right fit for us right now. I am not the best person to help you with what you need right now. And I want to be very transparent. I hope you've enjoyed our conversation. Would it be okay if I recommend some resources or someone else? Yes. And politely bow out of making an offer. Beautifully said. Beautifully said. Because you're so right. You are, we are not, there's enough coaches to go around for enough people, right? There's not a lack of anything. And so many people get stuck in the, well, if they're not for me, then that's it. The sale's dead. Feel free to refer them to someone else. There's nothing wrong with that. And I'm so glad that you talked about all the different dynamics of the energy because I think some people mm-hmm. um, are cut off from the feeling the energy. They're not trusting their own intuition. Yes. Right? And that is so important is to really get that feel of, okay, is this person on the same page, on the same path? And listening to that little voice or being aware of the opportunities that are in front of you. Yeah. Yeah. For for an example, my Uh whole business shifted in the last year from empowering women to get more self-confident and more uh, higher self-worth to now I'm working with leaders who are small business owners and veterans and never would have put myself there. Never would have guessed. Right. Huge shift. Never would have put myself there. But I was noticing the opportunities. I was noticing them years before. So like yes. your, your, your client who had your juicing book, yeah. she saw you, she noticed you, you were in yeah. her awareness. And then when you popped up again, she was like, oh my gosh, I have to go forward with her. Yes. Right. Yes. yes. And people's experiences, like she had already made her mistakes of hiring a coach that wasn't a good fit for her, that she thought she should. And so, and people are sometimes ready to take that step. Yes. And, um, and, and, and so you meet, you work, it's, it's organic. It happens. It's beautiful. Right. Yes. 
But um, but I love that you said, you know, the, the energy. And, and I get that. Like, my husband is my complete opposite on every spectrum. It's a miracle how things work. But, you know, we've worked together. We work together. So uh-huh. nine years in business together, he gives me the rational, logical perspective. Mm-hmm. But he knows that if my intuition, he asks me, so... Did you propose? Did you feel good about this person? Mm. And he keeps me in check because even though intuition isn't a driver in his life, he knows enough to know this is an important part of the decision that we make. Or for instance, I have evolved with the new directions in business, just like you have. And he asks me all the right questions to make sure for me, who needs to feel good and aligned and you know, be excited about a new direction that it fits. It's not just, oh, it's a good opportunity right now in the marketplace and we should do it. Um, so just, just a little bit of a segue as, as to how intuition really plays a big role. And I know this mainly because when I've, when I've ignored my intuition, I've regretted it. Yes. I mean, that's good enough to say, look, you see what happened there? I knew a part of me just knew I shouldn't go forward with this, but I was, I was greedy. Yeah, mm, I admit, yes. I was greedy. Right. I wanted to close. I wanted to say I have a client. I needed, I listened to my ego. Yes. And, you know, we learn through our own experiences. You may be listening to us thinking, intuition, huh, those ladies, they don't know what they're talking about. I mean, that's fine. I, right. I used to do that. But then at some point you are going to find you knew better, but you didn't listen. You followed all the logical and things didn't turn out. So perhaps you're going to tune in to that part of you and make a decision with everything. I mean, I come from electrical engineering, right? Rationale, logic, right. makes sense, analysis. Right. I, I, I use that in my life a lot, but not at the expense of the voice that says, uh-uh, because I know better now. Mm-hmm. I've made enough mistakes, you know? Yeah. So it's something to just, just take it into consideration. Mm, it's beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. So, and and one of the things that I, I help my my own clients do is is because we are such a logical society, right? Especially in your world as engineers, in my world with business owners and military, they're already logically analyzing, thinking, strategizing, and it's like, okay, that's great. Now let's check into what your gut tells you. What let's check into what your heart is telling you. If that is telling, if you're not hearing it, first of all, we have to dive down to, you said ego, I'm going to say fear, right? We got to have to figure out why the fear is standing in the way because maybe you were, you were told at one point, no, you can't feel because maybe you're a, a certain um, gender, right? Sometimes we, we put stereotypes growing up as, oh, you know, you can't feel that. It's more logical. You got to come from a, uh, you got to come from your mind to make decisions for your business, not from your heart. Yes, and yes. so we have to peel away those layers and really get down to the nitty gritty of, okay, how does this make you feel? Mm-hmm. Period. And that gut is that intuition of, okay, what does, what's going on here? Is it, does it, does it get, make you like light up and fired up and ready to take your next step? Or are you kind of like apprehensive? Like, I don't know. I don't have a good feeling about this. That is what we don't listen to as leaders. And that is so crucial. So I'm so glad, so yes. thankful that you talked about it. And even, even in the logical societies of, of you being in uh, engineering before, you probably mm-hmm. saw that day in and day out where you're looking at the data and it's like, oh, well, the bottom line is done and that's it. There's no, we have to continue to sell. And so I'm questioning, uh, my curious about is, 
Was there a moment that you were in, in, in being an engineer and you were like, man, there is something missing here. And that is what kind of got you on the path of going, okay, I need to be more heart-centered, more, more focused, more um, serving, where yeah. it, it shifted for you. Um, it wasn't a single incident. I just, um, I just wasn't feeling, you know, I was very successful as an engineer and it wasn't a progression from engineer to entrepreneur. It was engineer. And then I did project management and process improvement and sales operations. Like I did everything in the corporate environment because I just wasn't excited. Like there's this thing I have zone of genius being the intersection of your passions and interests your skills and abilities, which is like hardcore data, and then the the market demand. That sweet spot in the middle. So I had two of them. I had the skills and I had the market demand. Mm -hmm. I was making a lot of money. I had a stable job. I was on the surface successful. And yet I wasn't excited about it. I wasn't enthusiastic. I was not feeling. And you know what? To those of us who say feelings don't matter, first of all, feelings are the drivers of everything. I mean, not to sound down, but the people who commit suicide, they feel a certain way. Don't tell me feelings don't matter, but we need to have our emotions in check. I get that. But I, you can only ignore those deep feelings of, I am not happy for so long before they become a mild depression and then a depression. Yes. And so I was just becoming this person I wasn't excited about. Mm-hmm. And so I went on this search, Shay. Mm-hmm. I quit engineering, but I didn't find my passions. It was like years in between. And so maybe this, maybe this, maybe world travel, yes. maybe, maybe more, uh, I don't know, exciting jobs. And I would have momentary excitement, but it wasn't until I started my own business and, you know, had to do my own work. that I found that excitement. And then you remember what it's like to actually care about your work. Yes. Even during a pandemic, you know, you can actually be excited and happy about doing your work, feel of value. That is achievable, but it's by choice. Right. Yes. So I think it's really important to keep that in mind. And it's not a switch. You don't Mm. just go from here to here and find it takes work. Yes. It takes so much inner work. And and I think being an engineer, an entrepreneur, a coach, that is the best self-growth journey mm-hmm. because you really get to know yourself. And if you're being honest, like it took me a while to realize, you know, coaching is truly my passion, not my only passion, but it is. But then, you know, these other distractions, like I had a podcast, I had, you know, so many online products that this is just run its course. It was great. But this working with people is my sweet spot. It's my zone of genius. It, I thrive here. So now I try to intentionally do as much here and get my husband, who's my business partner, um, but he works for free. <laughs> To, um, to to do everything else that doesn't energize me. Right. It's my energy. Right. So paying attention to that has been helpful too. I think I digress from your question. But. No, no, it was exactly what, it, that was a perfect answer. Absolutely. Okay. Yeah. I feel like we have such a, a disconnect sometimes when we are, working in a job that we don't like and we are ignoring those little cues that our body is telling us. 
So a lot of times there's an experience, something that's happened, and then we have a thought about it. And then that, that shifts our mindset. So it could go um, in a, a growth mindset or it could go in a fixed mindset. Right. Mm -hmm. And then we have those feelings and then our feelings is exactly what you said. It drives our actions. So that action could be, unfortunately, you know, doing something um, that could end everything when it's a temporary situation. It happens all the time. Right. And, and, and not only that, it could also be, I just heard a statistic today that most people have heart attacks on Monday morning. I've heard that. I've heard that. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I never thought about that because so many people are stuck in the one wrong mindset, but then they're having these feelings because they're in the wrong mindset. So it, it steps back all the way to, to shift the mindset, right? And then those feelings start to shift. And then you start to explore, like what you said, take action. Your actions start to explore with curiosity and trying things on and going, hey, what about over here? What about this? What about that? I found my own self doing that from everything from improv classes to Krav Maga. You talked about martial arts. I have done Krav Maga. Ah, I love it. It was crazy. We lasted three weeks, but I've done it. Yeah, I did it a year. It was so amazing. Good so amazing. You. Yeah, I you. loved it. I still wow. follow I still follow my coach and and he's just a awesome. huge inspiration. Yes. Yeah. But you know, um I know also just from having had and I'm sure you have had so many many conversations with people who feel stuck in jobs. Yes. What I want to give them is you don't have to leave that job to right. to to feel a little better. Like we're not saying we're not being. Um, I don't know. Um, like you, you you still have responsibilities. We're not being disrespectful of that or ignoring that. Of course not, especially right now. But we can still you know fulfill our responsibilities and do something that still helps you feel better. That could be five minutes of meditation, a 10 minute walk for yourself doing, I don't know, take up drawing if that makes you feel better. So we're not saying, you know, um, uh, leave your job and quit and follow your passions. That's, that's not practical. That's not sensible, but we are saying do not ignore those low feelings because they do not lead you to a place you want to go. Pay attention and even just talk to about your feelings to someone who can listen, not solve them, just listen. So I hope I'm so passionate about this because it's such an anxious time for everyone. Yes. You don't have to change everything. Just do something that makes you feel a little bit, give, give space to your body to breathe, just breathe. Yeah. And you're going to, and then you can tackle the bigger problems over time, but do not ignore the feelings or bury them because they're going to come running uh, after you and and you're not going to be able to get away. Mm, So true. And, you know, I I just want to reiterate what um, Farnoosh is saying. We're not saying that you have to take a huge leap out of your comfort zone and take a huge risk and quit your job. We're just saying find the small things, find the one thing that will get you at least out of the the mindset of unhappiness or, um, you know, not not in a good place. A mindset or fixed mindset, a negative mindset, whatever you want to call it, and find the one thing, whether like she said, it's drawing, it could be walking outside, it could be taking martial arts, or just 
maybe it's spending more time with your, your loved ones, you know, yeah. more on a, a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Find that one thing. And um, I know that you can reach out to Farnoosh. You can reach out to me and we will help you walk through that at least in a, in a, a tiny uh, capacity. And again, if we're not for you, we do have other resources to, yeah, to give you sure. Um, sure. because especially right now uh, I've heard so many mm-hmm. people that have lost jobs because of it. And yeah. they're like, now what? And I'm like, you know what? Take time to grieve that because yeah. regardless of how long you've been there, this is a grieving season for everyone. Mm-hmm. And we have really tapped into uh, something that, collectively, we haven't ever felt because like you grew up in a war-torn country, the United States hasn't, right? And so we have to really understand that we, it's okay to grieve whatever it is that you've lost. I mean, I, myself, I've lost uh, two months of being in a lockdown situation. I had, I also lost my brother during this time. Oh, I'm so sorry. Thank you. But, and there's other people who have lost, you know, like everything, their job. Right. And, and, and so it's okay to collectively go through this, this grief. Mm -hmm. And even, even if you haven't experienced it yourself, you probably are seeing it in the news or on social media you're feeling it. You're yes. feeling it. So yes. even though you're going, well, my life is great, but I have this like sort of sadness going on. Pay attention to that yes. and allow yes. yourself just a moment to, to, to feel it, to sit in it and just yes. experience it because that's, what's going to then uh, allow you space. Like Farnoosh yes. said just a little bit ago, the space in the body for you right. to, to see something new for you to move forward. Yes. Wow. For sure. Wow. So important. So important. And I think, you know, even something as simple as telling someone you trust, I need help. Yes. Yes. I need help. Can you listen to me? Can you, can yes. you just hear me out? I mean, that alone, I mean, it's been scientifically proven talking about your feelings. You know, where do we think all this therapy is coming from? Just talking about it. You empty and you will see a little bit of clarity in that empty. Yes. Just a little bit of and hope and optimism. And um, we will get through this. You know, I, I, I have no doubt. We don't know when, but we will get through this. Absolutely. And, you know, another thing I think is, okay, if you have, if this door has closed, you've been furloughed, you've lost your job, grieve it like Shay said, process it, but maybe use this as an opportunity to see if you need to reset if you need to change course, if this is a time to take, you know, move away from one industry to another, maybe this is, I'm not saying it's a gift. I'm not saying silver lining. And I mean, those are very cliche and and I'm not saying it's positive. I'm just saying it's an opportunity Mm -hmm. to maybe pivot in a direction that's more suited to what you want to do with the rest of your life. Right. Maybe. And so just being curious Oh, I wonder if I should go back to teaching. Oh, I wonder if I can start my own business now. Mm-hmm. And just being a little open and don't tell anyone because sometimes people rain on your parade. So just like right. keep it to yourself, <laughs> right. except maybe one person you trust. And um, it could be like I've seen so many people shift course here mm-hmm. and find opportunity in all of this yes. dismay. Yes. And, um, you know, even emerge stronger once we come out of the pandemic. 
Yes, 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 yes. And as she is talking, guys, I am literally have chills from head to toe because I have been full uh, 100% agreement. Uh, and we've talked about so many amazing things. And what it really boils down to, guys, is understanding what you're passionate about so you can find your purpose. And when you find your purpose, I think it just uh, elevates you to a whole nother level that you didn't expect. You didn't even see coming. And that could be working with a different, uh, like she said, a different going from teaching to, or going back to teaching or maybe switch shifting to teaching or, or shifting to anything else. You have no idea until you start exploring this, what, where this could lead. So, oh gosh, what an amazing, <laughs> amazing conversation. We didn't even get a really a good chance to dive in, but just briefly uh, touch base on you came from a war-torn country. So can we talk about that for a quick second? Oh, just a quick second <laughs> or a quick moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I mean, yes, I was born and raised in Tehran, Iran. And when I was four or five years old, the revolution happened that changed the, 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 the course of that country's direction. And then a year later, they decided to go to war with Iraq, their next door neighbor over God knows what. And so when I was in Tehran, there would be bombings, there would be mm-hmm. sirens that would go off and then the power would go out and then we would run to the basement or we would run to the, you know, um, the hallway and my parents would get sick with worry and paranoia. And, and I mean, I was a kid. This was in a strange way, exciting because you are a kid, you know, nothing. Right. But at the same time, there was this fear and, you know, this, this thing that this is not right. Yeah. You know, this is not normal. And um, that was hard. That was hard on my parents. My dad had a heart attack in his 40s in Iran. He mm. recovered. But um, and then he spent some time in the U.S. trying to help us immigrate. So we were without him for like six or nine months. Wow. And um, and it was just so much going on. But again, I was a kid. I think the biggest things happened in my life, the shifts were when we went on a vacation to Turkey for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. The only country that didn't require visa for Iranians were banned from the rest of the world. And then we stayed for three years. Wow. Okay. I didn't say goodbye to my little dog. I still haven't forgiven my dad. But (laughs) the point is, and then we came to America. So that direction of our life and double culture shock, first in Turkey, then in the U.S., you know, those things shape you. Absolutely. And, you know, I was so ashamed of my history and my past. Mm. And now I'm proud of it because it's shaped me into who I am. And, um, and yet at the same time, I know things can be really, really bad. I mean, I'm still a spoiled woman. Don't get me wrong, but I also have perspective that look, this is really, 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 really bad. I know. And things might change permanently in some ways, but America will thrive. There's no way this is going to beat us. Mm. It's just ludicrous to think that. So it's just a matter of getting our act together a little more slowly than we're hoping, but getting it together and then emerging and your mindset, how you show up in the world, whether you're going to be a leader or a victim, that is on you. That has nothing to do with the virus. Yes. So you own that and people are looking for leaders right now because it's so overwhelming not everyone can do this well they can but some of us can choose to do it and the sooner you can show up as a leader 
and, and, and do your part. You may open the door to opportunities just by doing that. Mm. Because that's something that's so necessary, right? That we're looking for good leaders right yes, now. Yes, yes, yes. So, okay, that's my answer to your question. <laughs> I love it. And, and the moral to the story is... The moral uh, is, <laughs> tell us, Shay. The moral to the story is, uh, if you're listening to this and you are thinking to yourself, well, I'm a former addict, or well, I have, uh, you know, I've been homeless. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not whatever enough. I want you to understand what Farnoosh said. She came from a war. She, there, yes, things happened along the way. And she could have been stuck in the, I am coming from a war-torn country. I cannot succeed mindset. And she didn't. Instead, she took steps. She took proactive steps. She got out of her comfort zone over and over and over again. And now she is a driving force leader in helping others do the same. Thank you. Thank you. Thank so, you. I will add that process was ugly. It wasn't of like course. ugly of course. And, and hard and, and so many back steps before a tiny forward step and years. It took years. Yes. But um, but if I've done it, anybody can do it. Absolutely. And because she invested in herself, it now naturally overflows onto her business, her family, and her community. So thank, thank you. you. Well, thank, thank you. you for investing in yourself because it's just such a beautiful story. And that is really what this podcast is about, is really to, to encourage people to invest in themselves because We've all been through obstacles we've had to overcome. We all have challenges. And if you can just step that, take that one step out of the comfort zone and start investing in yourself, it it will start to come from a place of overflow rather than from a place of uh, lack. I love that. Thank you. Well, thank you for having me. Oh, thank you so much. And so where can people connect with you? Sure, 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 sure. Thank you. So I'm very active on LinkedIn. Um, You can connect with me there, Farnoosh Brock. Um, I will welcome your invite. And um, I am also on my two websites, prolificliving.com and farnooshbrock.com. And and I do a lot of things on Instagram, but it's mostly yoga related. So (laughs) that's my fun playground. But no, connect with me because, you know, and I think everything is related. Your health, your mind, your body, your business. Yes, agreed. So I know my yoga practice makes me a better coach. So that's part of who I am. But yes, yes, connect with me on LinkedIn. I know Shay's on LinkedIn and we aim to create content that can uplift you. And of course, if you're listening to this, you're in business or you're a professional, you you want to have a presence on LinkedIn. So this is my LinkedIn plugin. Not that I work for them or anything. (laughs) (laughs) But um, that's where you can find me. And thank you for having me on your fantastic show, Shay. Oh, thank you. It has been an, it's been an honor and a pleasure. And I wish we had more time. Clearly we're going to have to have you back on. <laughs> so, too kind, too kind. Yes, Please keep yes. doing this. Please yeah. keep up your show. Thank you. So, I appreciate that. So, so thank you. Um, I like to leave with this question. So what phrase, scripture, or mantra are you living by right now? Oh my God. I don't like being put on the spot. <laughs> Hold on. <laughs> Well, you know, I have been so focused on um, my body, my body and what it can do. And um, and I'm thinking, you know, because this year I'm stuck at home, I'm focusing on bettering myself in every way. And one of them is just um, health and wellness and strength. I'm yes. crazy about strength. So what is that phrase that I go by? Your 
your body can achieve what your mind believes. Yes. And, and if you yes. really, really think about that, because um, it's hard to tell your body what it's like unless it has experienced it. But you have to first believe it in your mind. You cannot flip that. So if you're working on your strength, which I highly recommend because it's can connected to how you feel, body strength, physical strength, your abilities, what you can do, maybe getting in shape, whatever it is, you have to get into the mindset, which is the same thing we've been talking about, mm-hmm. that you can do this, that you can nurture those thoughts that you can build the strength. You need resilience and grit up here in your mind yes. before it can translate into your body. Yes. So I find that I can do all this hard work, but if there's this difficult yoga transition, it's actually me thinking I'm not worth it. And it's ridiculous. So I've been working on mind resilience because mm-hmm. as soon as I do that transition, I did it yesterday, I go back and have a more powerful conversation with my prospects. So everything is connected. So set personal goals for yourself and um, achieve it in your mind first, and then your body will follow. Mm, I love that. I love that. I love that. It goes right along with what my uh, Krav Maga coach, Fraz, would always say. He said, um, the body flows where the mind goes. Oh, see, that's so much more poetic. We're going to go with that one. We're going to go with that one. Thank you. Thank you so much. And please connect with her um, on LinkedIn and uh, farnooshbrock.com. And um, it's just been an honor and a pleasure to have you. My pleasure. Thank you. Bye. Hey, don't turn this off just yet. Does the thought of collaborating and connecting with a diverse group of creative thought leaders appeal to you? Do you have a compelling story and don't know where to start? Have you ever thought about writing a book and thought about writing the whole book is overwhelming? Well, we are looking for you. We want to connect and collaborate with other podcasters, coaches, and entrepreneurs who want to gain exposure. We are looking for other people who want to co-author a book with us. You can find out more details at firestartersbookproject.com.